0: What does it take to stand out and move up? How can customers tell the difference between you and the competition? How can you differentiate your products and services and dominate your market? It's time now for Project Distinct, the podcast on creating distinction with Scott McCain.
1: Hi, it's Scott McCain. Welcome to episode two of Project Distinct. I I am already in trouble. I got the note. I've, I've done one program and i already messed up because I waited till the very end the very last thing in my first show to ask you to subscribe and share and I know from experience and I know from listening to experienced podcasters that's one of the first things I should have said to you yesterday is please subscribe on iTunes and please share this so I'm gonna get that out of the way right now on the second episode of Project Distinct please share. Please subscribe. It would mean the world to me as we're launching this, and I'm really, really grateful if you would do that. Okay? So with that out of the way, let's jump into the second episode here. Yesterday, I talked about why distinction was so important to me, my personal story, and why I got so fascinated about distinction. And it was really based upon what I had to create for my own business because of a personal tragedy. And through that process, I I realized that you might be interested in it as well, whether you're involved in sales or service or leadership, wherever you might be, whatever you might be doing, there is a reason for all of us to really want to make what we do stand out in a hyper competitive marketplace. So that's the goal. What does it take to stand out? Yesterday, I mentioned too that despite the title of the biggest selling business book of all time, Good to Great, Great isn't good enough anymore. I mean, think about it. Great isn't good enough anymore to grow our businesses. It's it's part of what the customer assumes that we're already bringing to the marketplace. If we're not great, the customer thinks we're not in business. So if you've got a restaurant and the food is average, you're not going to be around much longer, right? I mean, great food is now the starting point of a successful restaurant. It's it's not the thing that's going to make you distinctive and dominant in the marketplace. It's fascinating. We've never lived in times like these before where the standards have been so high, where the challenges have been so great, where all of these things that come into play are really forcing us to either move from where we are into distinction or from where we are into extinction. So if you want to survive and thrive, What we're talking about here is absolutely critical to your success, whether we're talking about organizationally, whether it's a big or small business, or whether we're talking about individually. It's absolutely critical. The question is why do some businesses survive and some don't? I mean, why do some businesses who seem to have about the same product or the same service or the same level of employee, you know, why do some of them make it and some don't? I had an experience several years ago that, that was really an eye-opener, and when I started studying distinction, I looked back on this experience, and I realized this is one of the greatest lessons I could have ever learned about why it's so important to stand out. Many years ago, I had an incredibly fortunate set of circumstances that gave me the opportunity to play the role of the villain in the highly regarded German movie, Strassig. That's spelled S-T-R-O-S-Z-E-K. That's the last name of the main character of the movie. And I had a chance to work with the esteemed director, Werner Herzog. I've been in two Werner Herzog films. Now, in Straszak, I play the young Wisconsin banker who repossesses the home of the German immigrants that are the main characters of the movie. It was an incredible event in my life. We'll talk more about it in a future episode. But it it afforded me another unlikely opportunity. It was to become a film critic. My commentaries on the movies were syndicated to 80 television stations across the United States and around the world. So, several years ago, I was attending a reception in Hollywood for movie reviewers. It was sponsored by one of the major studios. And there, I had the occasion to meet the best in the business, Roger Ebert. Now, you're probably aware of Ebert's incredible body of work. uh, From his reviews that started in the Chicago Sun-Times in 1967... To the Emmy-nominated Siskel and Ebert in the movies, it continued until Gene Siskel's passing in 1999, to At the Movies with Ebert and Roper. Well, to my surprise and delight, the famed critic remembered the terrific review that he gave my meager attempt at acting. Uh, he, he once said that uh, Strassic is one of the best films that you've never heard of. He featured it in his first great films book as one of his 50 favorite movies uh, in the history of the cinema. And so we we started talking, and he was very engaging and very wonderful, and he was very pleased to to learn that I was reviewing movies, and he asked me what had surprised me most about being a film reviewer. And my response was, I couldn't understand why so many critics gave such great reviews to so many foreign films that seemed to me to be amateurish in their script and in their production. I I jokingly told him, I, I thought that, Many of the critics in this room would have loved Texas Chainsaw Massacre if it had been produced in Europe with subtitles. Well, Roger chuckled, and then he shocked me a little bit with his response. He said, "Um, so Scott, how many movies are you normally viewing in any given week? Well, my answer was one. You know, the solitary film I'd be reviewing for that week's broadcast. His response knocked me out. He said, don't you see that's your problem? Many of the people in this profession are seeing one or two movies a day. Those little offbeat, quirky, odd, or independent films, like the one that you're in, they capture our attention because they are a little bit different. And and then the Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist said, when you're overwhelmed with such boring similarity, you begin to perceive that what is different is better. Wow. So I've titled that The Ebert Effect. When customers, from their perspective, are inundated with indistinguishable choices, they tend to perceive a product-service approach or experience with a specific point of differentiation to be superior. Now, I'm not saying that just because something is different makes it better. What I'm suggesting to you that the Ebert effect suggests is that when we are overwhelmed with similarity, what is unique will attract us, will interest us, will draw us to it. We'll talk more about the Ebert effect in a, in a future program, but that's what I want you to consider. Is doing business with you, whether it's a product, a service, whatever it is it might be, is there something about it that distinguishes you from the competition, from the customer's perspective? Or are your customers overwhelmed with indistinguishable choices and they can't tell the difference between you and the competition in any manner that would be attractive, compelling to them. That's the question we're going to leave it at today. Once again, I'm going to ask you like did at the onset. Please share this. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow on Project Distinct.
0: You've been listening to the podcast to help you stand out and move up. Project Distinct with Scott McCain. For more insights from Scott, visit his blog at createdistinction.com. to have Scott bring his award-winning platform presentation to your next meeting. Go to scottmccain.com. Scott McCain can become your virtual coach, educating and helping you create distinction in the most comprehensive way possible. Visit our website, distinctioninstitute.com for all the details. Be distinct.